When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Matt Miguez here. Brian Stone is my co-host. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you? Not ma- not much, man. I'm I'm good. Um you know, I, I I don't know. We can talk about this. I don't know that I'm excited for the remainder of this college football season at this point. I've I kind of feel like my team is a is a ghost ship that's kind of just floating without a captain. And well, uh, I guess I guess we'll just kind of wait it out for the next like eight weeks or so. <laughs> for the for the listeners that don't know, the team that Brian is referring to is the Eagles of Georgia Southern as Chad Lunsford has been relieved of his duties as head coach of the Georgia Southern football program following their loss to Louisiana. It was their third consecutive loss of the year to open one and three. And again, if you're not familiar, one and three in Statesboro is just a no-go. That's just not going to happen. And did I not just say last week on this podcast that there was a solid chance that if you, they kept playing you called like it. this, you called it, he would be fired midseason. You did call it, and then the week after I said it, Brian, Brian's got the sauces. <clears throat> I I just I'm kind of over people telling me on Twitter that I don't know what I'm talking about, like with this stuff, and in in reality, I'm just like, I mean. Did you want the time on Sunday that he was going to get fired? Like, how much more precise do you, would you I, like? I, I wish I had. I wish I had a little button on my soundboard here that was like, "Boom, roasted." I mean, and I don't. I don't know. Like, what else could you ask? Like, <laughs> I, I was like, "He's probably going to be fired midseason," and you were like, "He's going to be fired midseason." You think? And I was like, "Yeah." And then the next week, yeah, li- literally, game, literally, just a couple of days later, after a game, I was within ten points of picking the exact score. Yeah. He's fired. Cajuns beat the Eagles 28 to 20 this past Saturday in Statesboro. Levi Lewis, 17 of 28, 249 yards, three touchdowns. Justin Tomlin on the other side, 11 of 24, 175 yards and a pick. Um, but, you know, the storyline for Georgia Southern in this game was Gerald Green. I mean, what a performance. 18 carries, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he was the reason that you guys stayed in the game absolutely um i i mean i don't know if you got this feeling from watching the game but i haven't heard anybody else say this georgia southern following their score at the top of the fourth quarter when they pulled within eight when it was 28 20 it felt like they just stopped trying and were just happy not to get blown out like it never really seemed like they were trying to go win that game it seemed like once they got within one score they were like 
all right, cool. We can pack it in. As long as we stay within one score, we can go ahead and go home happy. I mean, see, that's the crazy thing. You guys were only down one at halftime. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it couldn't have been. We were a we were awful in the first half. We were yeah. awful. I because well, I remember I, vividly. I remember vividly having a conversation with my fiance, and at halftime, she said, "Hey, what's the score?" I said, "We're only up one to George Southern." And she looked at me and she said, are we going to lose? And I said, yeah, probably. Well, okay. I I took two things away from that game, right? So uh, there is a guy who is a George Southern fan who has designed this website that tracks advanced stats for their games. Um, His name is Jason Cassells or Castles. I don't don't know how you pronounce his name exactly, but the website's called Gata DB, like database. Okay. Okay. You guys last Saturday were three of 14 on your third down attempts. God, we're awful that was, on third down. That we're was awful. The reason, that was literally the reason we were able to stay in that game was because once it got to third down, you guys converted like 20% of your third down attempts. So, and the second thing I took away from that game is if I were you or any Cajuns fan, I'd be a little worried at this point because Georgia Southern's not a good team. And they've just fired their head coach after this game. So I don't know, like, where you kind of go from there. I mean, let's be honest. You guys are winning the West. It, it, that doesn't matter. Are we? I think, yeah. Are we? Because uh, as, as, like- as a diehard Louisiana fan and somebody that covers the ins and outs of this program, I'm not convinced. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who's your competition for the West? Give me give me the number two team. Arkansas State and South Alabama. Both okay. of them. Arkansas State, I just wrote my preview for Georgia Southern Arkansas State today. Do you know they are dead last in the FBS in total defense? I mean, dead last. 130 out of 130. Yeah, but their offense scores enough to keep them in it. Not always. They played Tulane or uh, Tulsa last week, and Tulsa was winless and beat them. They can't stop anybody. South Alabama? I'm not I'm not totally sold on them as a contender. I think they're going to be a nice team, and I think that they should be happy with any improvement that they've gotten over the past couple of years. I I'll don't, tell you I'll tell you this. I don't think they're a real contender. I'll tell you this if that if South Alabama beats Louisiana on Saturday night, all they have to do the rest of the year is hold their head above water. But I don't I don't need I even if they were to upset Louisiana, I don't feel conf- confident they'd be able to do that. That's a lot to ask. It, it, I mean, it, it's a week to week thing. And it's like, that's the difference between these like top tier Sunbelt teams, like a coastal right. and app. They're able to do that. These teams that are nice for what they are, but can pull off like one upset, but then they'll go trip up and lose to like Troy two weeks later is like, that's what separates the the tiers. Right, so right. like, so even if y'all were to lose to South Alabama, like I don't feel like South Alabama is going to run the table in the Sun Belt. Like they're probably going to lose two Sun Belt games. Right. So I did some stat digging on that third down conversions thing that you were talking about with us. So like you said, we were three and fourteen against Georgia Southern last week. Louisiana's best performance in terms of third down efficiency this season has been fifty percent against Ohio. On the season, on the season, Brian, we are 18 for 53 on third downs. What do you think the problem is? 
Like, what's the difference in this team from last year to this year? We lost our offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean that'll do. Our, it. Our, our offensive our offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach from last year is now the offensive line coach for the New York freaking Giants. Yeah, and I mean, and we're, we're we're struggling to replace him. But isn't I mean. I don't. I don't know. But isn't well, Napier an offensive guy? Doesn't yeah. It, is, isn't background? isn't Napier our play caller? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And and so look, was look he at, not last look, year? Look at how well that's working out. Was he not the play caller last year? He was, but I mean, look at look at the four. The, the I think the big thing last year is the the talent that we had covered up the lack of play calling. Well, dude, I mean, dude, I, watch I watch watch watch, after- watch our games. Our, our, I asked you after week one. I said, "Do you think losing any of those running backs like hurt our you play guys? calling?" You like, no, not really. Our play calling is so vanilla. Yeah. It's it's so bland. It is it is stretched to the right, naked bootleg play action. That's that's it. That's all we run. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, coming from someone who watched Bob DeBest call plays last year, there's nothing worse. Like than a, a high calling. school, a high school defensive coordinator could break down our offense. Like it, it's it's bad. That sucks. But the problem, but the 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 good thing the last couple of years is that we had so much talent on the offensive side of the ball that the talent kind of <laughs> covered up the bland play calling. Right. Now we have we still have that talent level, but we don't have the experience level that we did. Yeah. So now that bland play calling, you're starting to see it more, and teams are starting to expose us more. That's. I mean, that's fair. Um, I mean, it, it kind of sucks. Like, I get it for the guy, the running backs that went to the NFL and are now like on a roster. It does suck. Like. Everyone not named Elijah Mitchell probably could have come back for another year and not really missed well, like a beat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what e- is Eli Vegas doing right now? He's on like, the active he, roster for Vegas. I mean, well, no, yeah, he he actually like, he actually just got waived. I was about to say he's like the fifth running back yeah, on he, that team. He just got waived. Anytime so yeah, you get I mean, lapped by Peyton Barber, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, absolutely. Like the guys, he's the starter for San Francisco. Like, sure. Yeah, I, I totally get that. But like, who was the third running back that you guys had? I can't remember. Chris Smith. Was he the third? I thought there was another guy that went, went last, like graduated. Last year it was Chris Smith. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. You, are you thinking of Raymond Kale from two years ago? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we had, we had Regis Mitchell and Kale. Yeah. Kale, yeah was Kale was returning kicks for the Rams. But last I heard, I think he was. I, I think, think he got waived after preseason. I think he's teamless right now as well. Yeah. I think he got waived after preseason. Um, yeah, he, he got hurt in the preseason, so I think they waived him. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, the talent level for us, especially from a running back perspective, has been there for years, and I think it's it's still there now. I mean, we have Chris Smith, Amani Bailey, Montreal Johnson. I mean, we've got guys that can that can contribute in big ways, but two of those three guys that I listed are freshmen. Mm-hmm. So the experience level's not there yet. 
And Montreal Johnson, our leading rusher so far this year, he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So the experience level is really not there for him. Uh, so I think it's just one of those things where our our ability to win football games and be a contender in the conference is slowly starting to catch up with us. I mean, I, I don't want to say that. I don't say that in terms of I don't think we're a contender anymore because I still think that we no. are. No, it, it, you you guys are a contender by virtue of the fact that the West is so thin. But on actual contenders, if, if we keep playing, if Louisiana keeps playing at the performance that they're playing right now, um, it, it's not going to be pretty come November, December. Yeah, but at the very least, that means that you guys have a have time to figure it out. Yep. Whereas, if you are a coastal or an app at this stage, like if you. They, they, those two teams on the surface don't have hiccups and right now that they have to work out. But if they did, they would not have time to figure it out because they're going to have to play. Can I, can I you know say I mean? something? Can I say something about Coastal real quick? So I respect what they're doing. Obviously, they're, they're dominating every opponent that they come in contact with. But through four games this year, who have they played? Who have they played? I mean, nobody yet. They played the Citadel, Buffalo, UMass, and who was the other one? Who else did they play? They played four games. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who who have you played? You have the easiest. Citadel, Kansas, Buffalo. Buffalo is the best team they've played thus far. And... No disrespect, Sadly. no disrespect to our fellow Sunbelt comrade, but your next game is ULM. Well, we can talk about that once we get into it. ULM just won their second game of the season last yeah, week. And they beat Troy. Oh my god. Ugly. ULM We're is on a lost. winning streak, people. Yeah. When was the last time we could say that? Exactly. ULM is on a win streak. And oh, just man. to think, like a couple weeks ago, they were barely eking out a win over Jackson State. Yeah, if Jackson now, State would have had now, one more possession, they'd have won that game. Yeah, and now they're one and zero in the conference. Exactly, <laughs> that's hilarious. Speaking of, can I can I just talk about the the Lunsford firing just oh, really yeah, quickly? Yeah. I just had a couple more things on that. So the. The the contingent that I have been hearing that I I'm most annoyed with at this point are the outsiders who like don't keep up with the program from like a week to week basis, who are just looking at his overall win loss record and not looking at this year and being like, Well, why would you fire a guy who had a career record over five hundred? And it's like because they're scoring sixteen and a half points per game this year. Um but the other thing I wanted to say is like that same contingent is like Georgia Southern's um, expectations are too high. And the one thing I will say is like, realistically, the expectations that everyone's saying are too high. I would like to be for my team to be in the Sunbelt East race after Halloween. Those are my expectations that everyone's like, they're too high. You can't ask for that. And I'm like, why not? Like, if you're not trying to win the conference, then what are you, what's the point? 
Yeah. Like any any six and six team can make a bowl game and play in the Alamo Bowl or whatever the hell. And it's like, okay, but like you should want more than that. And if your team is going backwards like Georgia Southern was and not progressing, they've regressed every year. So uh, hold on. I just I, I wrote down some stats before this and I just wanted to go over this with you. So uh, they regressed every year offensively, and and you know some of that you can attribute to DeBest. But 2018, they averaged 30 points per game. Uh, 2019, 28. 2020, 27. This year, 16 and a half points a game. 16 in four and game, a half in four games. Uh, they are on pace to score the fewest points in a season since 1992. Uh, 1992 was an 11 game FCS season where they scored 30 points one time that year. So again, for everyone who's like the expectations in Statesboro are too high. You guys are coach killers. Like all the Eagle fans want is to be a contender in the East, which we have not been yet because the years that we upset at, they've immediately gone and shot themselves in the foot the next week. So it's like, that's all we want is to be able to like string together two good wins, <laughs> right. which seems like not a lot to ask, but everyone outside the fan base is like, you guys are too demanding with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I know uh, about the expectation thing because we just, and I'm not asking for them to, to do all the things that like coastal did last year. I'm not asking them to go undefeated. I'm not asking them to be ranked. I'm not asking college game day to show up or whatever. All I'm saying is like, can you be in the conversation for the East after Halloween? Because the last couple of years when we've beaten app, it was on or near Halloween. And the next week they went and lost to ULM or Troy or Arkansas state or something like that. And it immediately crushed the rest of their season. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think that's too much to ask. If you don't want to win your conference, then just don't bother. Right. I mean, that that's valid. Um, you know, I, I think that you guys, Georgia Southern should be in the conversation for the East at Halloween in a, in a regular year. Um, that, that should be the expectation. I agree with you. Because out, outside of App and Coastal, which up until a year and a half ago, that conversation was literally yeah, it, App. Up until a year and a half ago, it was literally App was just running the right. show. App, app was, was like, on the mountain and everybody else was just looking up at they, them. They were like, I mean, they the fans clearly didn't want like anyone to come dethrone them, but like they were begging for another team to just come compete for sure. with them. And then those two years we beat them both times. And then, like I said, immediately lost the next week in an upset loss. So it's like, is it too much to ask to be like, I don't expect them again to go undefeated. I expect them to be able to win enough conference games to be in the mix at the end of the season. If they get bumped off due to a tiebreaker or whatever, that's totally fine. But we haven't been anywhere near in the mix by the end of the year. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Um, so now that Chad Lunsford is no longer the head coach at Georgia Southern, where mm-hmm. do you, where does he go from here? Where does he go? Yeah. Uh, 
that's a good question. Um, I'm sure he could probably assemble a staff and get an FCS head coaching job. Um, now, do do you, in your opinion, in your opinion, do you think a FCS head coaching position is more valuable or being a coordinator somewhere in the FBS? Well, that's the problem with the coordinator stuff is he's never called plays on offense or defense. Like Mm. he, he, his, his biggest role up until being the head coach was the special teams and recruiting coordinator. Mm. So it's like, he could be a special teams coach. Right. But, but wouldn't it be better for him to just drop down to FCS and like assemble a staff and get a, get a, an offensive coordinator who's got a set identity of what they want to do. And then just, you know, get a defensive coordinator. Like there's only, there's only like three defenses you could possibly run. It's, it's not like that crazy, but I, I mean, either a lower tier FBS program that just wants like, just wants stability Monroe. And, or like you get drop, like I said, you drop down to FCS, you kind of work your way and build your way back up yeah, because he sure. desperately needs, if he wants another shot at it at the FBS level, he needs um, experience as a head coach because and wins. The, the lack of experience showed when it came to like time management and like when to go for it on fourth down and things like that, especially, especially when you don't call plays. All right. So you can't not call plays and also not know when to call a timeout. And yeah. he was doing both of those things. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Let's go through the scores from this past week, last Thursday, App State. Wait, wait really quick, before we move on, do you want to do the conference realignment stuff? You want to do that now? Okay, yeah, we can do that Yeah, now. let's do it. Yeah, let's do it now before we jump into the games. Okay, um, so Brian and I have both seen from multiple sources that the Sun Belt could be acquiring Southern Miss and Marshall as early as next week. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing, I have also seen further than that, that on top of those two schools, the Sun Belt could also be adding James Madison and Liberty to go to 16 uh, teams. Liberty would be very interesting. Um I think I haven't heard that Liberty, about Liberty. Liberty Liberty would definitely help out with the financial aspect of it all easily. Um, I haven't heard the thing about Liberty and James Madison. I think on the surface, that would be a good move for James Madison to move up because they've kind of been on that North Dakota state tier right, where right. it's like, you guys should probably move up and play some real teams instead right. of smacking around Maine or Wofford and everybody yeah. else. Right. Stop, stop beating the, the lights out of Elon every week or whatever, <laughs> whoever you're playing East Tennessee state. Um, yeah, no, the, that would definitely be interesting. What I think Marshall would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I think Liberty would be a good fit. I think both of those teams would help out a lot. With I think, a lot of I think Marshall would be a great travel partner with app state. Oh, yeah. They could create a rivalry. There, there's kind of already one starting to brew a little bit, but you could those really... Two, those, those games, you know, they played this past week. Uh, they played last year. Those Both of those games were down to the wire. Yeah. So I, I think they would be competitive every year. Um, how do you feel about Southern Miss? Because I don't really know anything about them. So, like, I what, think... Again, you, you got to think. You got to think of realignment in a, in a couple of different ways. Where can they have a travel partner? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you got to think market. You got to think fan base. Mm-hmm. So right See, off the I don't bat, know any, I don't know anything about any of those aspects for so them. Right off, in, right what, off the bat, yeah, right off the bat, Southern Miss is a great travel partner for both Louisiana, ULM, and you could go as far as saying Troy, South Alabama, South Alabama as well. Yeah. yeah. So those okay. four schools, that's a great. That is within six hours. Yeah. So that's that's a great travel setup. Um, Market, I mean Hattiesburg, it's a it's a college town. Yeah, um, I think there's roughly about thirty thousand people in Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, really, all you do in Hattiesburg is go to Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, and man, they they got a passionate fan base. Mm-hmm. They do. They have a fan base. Um, they used to have a history of winning. That's kind of fallen off for the last couple of years. And then also, you got to think of it outside of football as well. Um, they have a great baseball program. That's, have, that's what I had heard about they the have baseball a, program. They have an up-and-coming basketball program. Um, their their football program, again, um, it's on its way up. They have a young head coach, Will Hall. Uh, he used to be he actually used to be the quarterback coach at Louisiana. Uh, and then he went on to be the offensive coordinator at Tulane. And now he's the head coach at Southern Miss. Uh, <laughs> I think he'll do a great job there. He's just going to need a couple years to really – build his program. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I think Southern Miss is a great fit for the Sun Belt. And how do you feel about just, you can just do this really quick. If if you don't have a lot of thoughts on it. how do you feel about James Madison? I mean, I, I agree with you. Like you said, I think they're on the, the North Dakota state tier of the FCS. They're just kind of dominating everybody. They play um, kind of like, like kind of like app state used to do. So can I can I run something really funny by you? Yeah, sure. um, we'll keep we'll keep this short because we do need to get to the games. But um, these are un these are just people throwing names out for like next head coach for Georgia Southern. Right. I had seen a lot of people citing James Madison's head coach as a potential option. Hey, I looked up I looked up his career or his record at James Madison the other day. Do you know he's twenty six and three? Jesus Christ. 29 games he's lost three of them that's unreal and i know he took over for um that is the guy unreal at he took over for the guy mike houston was yeah. who used to be the head coach i know he took over for him he, and but, mike and houston's now what at east carolina yeah east yeah. carolina but but to go 26 and three i think in oh, your that's, first that's absurd you see people <laughs> people you know got over billy napier's record which I mean, agreed. It, it it's a gaudy record for three years and four games. What is he? Twenty nine, thirty one and eleven, thirty one and twelve. Still good. Yeah, I mean that that's phenomenal. See, let's see, seven and seven in the first year, eleven and three. So that's eighteen and ten. And then last year we went ten and one, so twenty eight and eleven. He's thirty one and twelve in three years and four games. Yeah. So I mean, at twenty six and three, good. Sorry, God. sorry. I was I was just a little off. It was twenty four and three, so still Boo. still really good. Boo hoo! He, he the man's won ninety percent of the games he's coached. Yeah the the first season that he was there, they went fourteen and two, eight and zero in their conference, and lost the championship game. The first season he was there, that's nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> 
<laughs> what what'd you do in your first year as a head coach? Ah, uh, you know, went to the national title. Went to the national title game. That, yeah, that's uh, like that's like lost. the Vegas that's like the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. What'd you do your yeah. first year as an NHL team? Ah, played in the Stanley Cup final. Uh yeah, just went to the the FCS championship game in Frisco, lost to North Dakota State by eight. By eight. Oh. Oh man. What a dude dude probably has a job at James Madison for life if he wants one. I, I, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on. His first game he ever coached, they played West Virginia and lost by seven in Morgantown. In Morgantown. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, let's get on uh, to the games. You, 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 you guys might want to hire him. Just uh, If they're moving up, what's the point? Like, why would he move? That's a good point. I don't know if they are, but if they were. That's a good point. And, and they told his name's Kurt Kurt Signetti. If Signetti, they told yeah, him, yeah. if they told him they were moving up, he would be like, "Well, just bump my pay and I'll stay at James Madison." And they would say, "Okay, like, yeah, it's a one to one." Right, right. So, all yeah, right, let's, let's get into last let's get to the games. games. Uh, we we start with last Thursday, Marshall and App State. We talked about it briefly here a second ago. <laughs> App State kicks a late field goal to win thirty one to thirty. Man, just a just a competitive game all the way through. Oh, I I loved I I was watching this last Thursday. Uh, this game was great. Um, I will say uh, I saw a lot of app fans cussing out uh, Chase Bryce. Uh, his his accuracy <laughs> was a little spotty at, at times for this, and there hey. were some choice things said on Twitter. I mean, if, it was Twitter, so like you can find anybody who's going to cuss someone out. You know, but if he like, wants, if he wants to keep his accuracy a little spot, <laughs> a little spotty. He comes to Lafayette in twelve days, so he can he can keep that up if he wants to. But this one, I mean, this was a back and forth contest. Yep. You know, th- this one was solid. I, I I did think that Marshall had kind of when they went up thirty to twenty one in the third quarter. I kind of thought that they were just they were going to keep. It was so funny watching this because it was like App State was playing a mirror version of themselves where it was like every time App State did something well or, or scored or whatever, Marshall just would go down and do it like right back to them. Right, right. And they just couldn't ever like it was so hard for App to like hold serve until like the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden the, the floodgates kind of just opened and they were able to, to score 10 points. But um, that Corey Sutton catch in the back of the end zone in the fourth was quarter phenomenal. was was nuts. Um, it was. I, I don't know if I don't know if you chalk. I mean, it was an incredible catch, but I don't know if that's another one you chalk up the lack of accuracy a little bit because it was like <laughs> he threw it and a having high. and having one hell of a receiver to bring it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no question. But yeah. saved, um, saved your ass, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is when you look at this all from the statistical perspective, like App just outplayed Marshall like up and down the field. I mean. App had almost 600 yards of total offense and right. won by one point. So, you know, quickly before we, we get back to the scores, I just want to say, so you're a Georgia Southern guy. Yeah. I'm a Louisiana guy. Yeah. We beat you. Yeah. I'm a Saints guy. Yeah. You're a Patriots guy. Yeah. We beat you. I didn't expect anything of the Patriots this year. I, I I truly didn't. Man, like, I'm two. I'm two and 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 I beat you in fantasy football. I'm three and zero against you. We'll see. Come playoff time. Um, 
<laughs> I actually just pulled off a, a trade for Nick Chubb. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I, I was going to bring that up on the podcast, but I figured that yeah. that wasn't the time um, and place. But, uh, but yeah, so no, I, I, I want to get back to college football. I didn't, if you had held a gun to my head before this season and said, what's the Patriots record going to be? I'd have said nine and eight. Like I, I truly okay. think they're going to, they're like a 500 team with a rookie quarterback and uh, like really bad weapons. So, so yeah, yeah I wasn't expecting a whole lot anyways. Good, good point. Yeah. Getting back to, to some football last Saturday, Louisiana defeats Georgia Southern 28 to 20. I don't think we need to talk about that any further. Do we? No, I, I, I mean, like I said, like the, the only thing that I take away from that game is like, I think you guys should be, a little worried. Oh yeah. Um, we are, I, don't worry. The, the fan well, base, was like the, the, the way that the way that you guys had played Texas week one, like I was like, yeah, it wasn't a win, but Texas is a good program, you know, and they got a real head coach now and everything else. But some of the games that you guys have played since then, and then an eight point win over a team, they have all been like, they have all been bad, 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 bad. And we're just like, co- I mean, like I said, you you won eight and eight, you won an eight point game over a team that never in the fourth quarter see, tried to win. Our, our fan base is split down the middle. You have the people that no matter how the game goes, if you win, oh we're great, blah blah blah. And then you have the realist who sit here and go, yeah, we're three and one, but for lack of better words, we suck. Yeah, like we're not good. Yeah. And that's well, kind of the side of the fence that I'm on. The funny, the funny part with Southern this year was uh, the people who who they were trying to play both sides of that fence, but there wasn't another side. Right. Like it was like there's, there's only one side of that fence. Yeah. It was like it was like you had the people that were like, oh, they'll figure it out. Like don't don't the, get mad at the, the coaches the, the, the or the fence, players. The fence is actually a roadblock. You just you just can't get to the other side. The fence is a one a one way road. Right. And it's like. <laughs> There is no fence. It's yeah. just there's, road. There's only like, one way. Yeah. And it's so, never so, ending. So you had people trying to convince themselves that this season was just going to turn a 180 as soon as the conference play started. And I was like, I don't think you guys have been watching this team play thus far. Uh, anyway, so let's st- let's get into the rest of these games. I don't think we need to talk about Coastal Carolina UMass. Uh, I sent you a text on Saturday at one point that Coastal was about to hit the over themselves. Yeah, you did. Uh, so I think the spread for this one was 38 and they cleared that. Yeah, easy. no, they did. They did. Uh, uh, so can we talk about Georgia state Auburn? Oh, how Georgia state got hosed. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. I didn't expect them. I mean, clearly I said it last week. I didn't expect them to be with within 10 points of winning oh, this game. Man. At they any got, point. they got robbed. Yeah. And Bo Nick's trash. Oh, he's Absolute he's awful. garbage. He's Absolute awful. Garbage. He got benched for a kid that's been in the program for two months. Well, he's been coasting off of that win that when they beat Oregon in the season opener like two years ago and beat Justin Herbert. He's been coasting off of that for like two years now. And everyone is like, hey, guys, I don't think Bo Nix is very good. And it's like, well, he beat Oregon that time. So, yeah. yeah. You gotta give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, our, our fan base could say, "Hey, remember that one time thirty years ago we beat A and M?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Georgia State, you know, maybe they've figured out the quarterback situation uh, a little bit, which, uh, which is still so weird that it's not Quad Brown. 
Do you think he transfers after this year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I, think so too. I think I think he should. Because you know, it, it's it's one thing to to leave because you know you're you're just not getting playing time. Exactly. But it, it's a total other thing to be the starter, get benched. That's that's so gut wrenching, man. And then just like. and then just say at the end of the year, look, it's obvious that I'm not going to be the guy. I'm going to go somewhere where I will be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It, this this no. isn't this isn't a Tate Martell situation. Yeah. Um and he's got so much eligibility left. For sure. Um, Absolutely. I mean, maybe he ends up at a at a program that uses his talents to their best. I I just never I always thought that it was the fault lied or lied or whatever the, the, the correct use of that word is with the defense of Georgia state. Like the fact that they couldn't stop anybody was their biggest hurdle right. that they couldn't clear it. Now, it, again, if army runs for 400 yards in the opener against Georgia state, is that quad Brown's fault? Like, no. is he supposed to play defense too? <laughs> I right, mean, right. He wasn't good. He wasn't good in that game, but like, is, what is he supposed to? What are you supposed to do when you don't? You can't get on the field because they have long drives, and also you're right. allowing like 38 points to Army or whatever it was. So Eastern Michigan demolished Texas State. I I picked Eastern Michigan last week and ripped in the, in the them preview. apart, 59 to 21. Uh, Tulsa. We we talked about it a second ago. Tulsa beat Arkansas State forty-one to thirty-four to get their first win of the year. Hold on, I want to pull up the. I want to look yeah. at the box score for this one because and then the stats on this game are nuts. And then you know what? It might be a little time-consuming, but I think while while you do that, pull up the. I am going to pull up the comment that you sent me from an Arkansas State message board. No, it was a it was the Georgia Southern message board. Oh, okay, a, was it? An Arkansas State fan got on there and was talking about not trash, but he was just literally like, "Are you ready for the toilet bowl this weekend?" And people were like, "Yeah." So and, I'm. Uh, yeah. So so just really quick before you get into yeah. that, Tulsa had 663 yards of total offense. No, no, no. Arkansas State is. I told you they're oh dead God. last in defense. Dead last. So I, I'm a fast reader, so I'll read this quickly. From a perspective of someone watching the games, it's hard to say Lane Hatcher's best. Blake was rightly vilified for his switch quarterback every series thing last year. It made it virtually impossible for any quarterback to have any sort of consistency. It also led to deep division within the team as the OC wanted Hatcher to start and Blake wanted Bonner. We had players that favored Logan Bonner or favored Lane Hatcher. No one could agree, especially the fans. It turned out to be Blake's final mistake. The players didn't like each other last year, didn't play well, had many obvious holes, and our record showed it. Once Blake went to Arkansas State, many of the players who favored Logan Bonner followed him, along with Bonner. Butch Jones has spent a lot of time this year trying to get teams to play together and has generally stuck to the guy he chooses at quarterback, with some notable exceptions when the backup played well. Evaluating the quarterback situation is still tricky. Blackman has the better arm and much better with his feet. So I'm going to stop right there. Blackman has the better arm. Define what that means. Does he have better arm strength or is he more accurate? Because honestly, I think, think he's, he's more accurate. I think I think he's wrong on both accounts. 
<laughs> I think he's wrong on both accounts. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. Like apparently this was like a very divisive topic, like with them last year, and I feel like Butch Jones just decided every that, like, every stat line that I have ever read of Lane Hatcher is like 14 of 15, 12 of 12. You know, seventeen of nineteen. His, his last, like, the like, last game he played in, he had he completed every single one of his passes for like three hundred yards. Yeah, and had like hold, hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, I think it was the Memphis game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was okay. He, yeah, he went, or no, it wasn't the Memphis game. But in the Memphis game, twenty three of thirty eight, two seventy six, and a touchdown. Um. James Blackman threw four touchdowns in that game. So I don't know, man. It, it seems like to me that Butch was just like, I got to make a decision because the team is split between who should start and it's starting to cause like a rift. Right. And apparently Blake Anderson didn't figure that out last year. And then I'm going to so. finish this sentence. Blackman has the better arm and much better with his feet, but isn't always on the same page with his receivers and spends too much time in the pocket. I'm sorry. But correct correct me if I'm wrong. Being a quarterback isn't just about having a great arm. Correct. Okay, thank you. If he's not on the <laughs> same page with his receivers and he spends too much time in the pocket to where he's getting sacked, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that doesn't sound like a very good quarterback. No, it doesn't. I don't I, I, I Arkansas State fans, I, I I feel so sorry for you guys. Because I mean, anybody, couple, couple anybody, the worst, <laughs> couple that with the worst, defense right? Right. Anybody that yes. thinks, anybody that thinks that James Blackman should be starting over Lane Hatcher needs to reevaluate the way they watch college football. Yeah. I, why, I why, do, why do you think, why do you think Blackman should start? Because he came from Florida State. Lane Hatcher came from freaking Alabama. Are you, I, I mean, I can't think of a good, I can't think of a good reason. Lane Hatcher, I, I Lane Hatcher was recruited by the almighty God, Nick Saban. I, the only reason I can think of is that the reason that James Blackman is currently starting is because Butch Jones didn't recruit him. Uh, Hatcher, he did recruit Blackman and promised him the starting gig is the only it's the only thing I can come up with. It's the only Relevant um, answer to shame, this question. Shame on you, Butch Jones, because that was a stupid promise. That was a dumb move. Well, uh, you know, he's going to have uh, job security for at least the next couple years. So. Yeah, he, he did sign a long contract right off the bat. Last game from the Sun Belt last week, ULM, again, on a winning streak. Hell's freezing Oof. over. If you're... Okay, can we do a couple minutes on... Um, Chip Lindsay's hot seat. <laughs> where where, where, I mean, where did he longer, where did he park it next to the devil? <laughs> I mean, how much longer should he be employed there? Um, let's see. Who do they play next week? I don't know. Who do they have? Let's see. I'd have to South Carolina. So that's I obviously mean, that's obviously not a fair fight. Um. Okay, let, let, I hate I hate to use this, but it's the next game on their schedule. If they lose to Georgia Southern, I think he's fired. I think they might. I think he's can, fired. I think Georgia Southern is better than UL Monroe, and I don't think that that's like a huge stretch of 
me Troy's, saying, that's not that's not a homer take. Troy's next three games are South Carolina, Georgia Southern, and Troy. I would Wait, do I would do this. Who do they play in the third game? Texas State. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, Texas State. I, I would do this. I would give him three games. If he doesn't win two of them, he's yep. canned. Yeah. He's canned. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he, and obviously it's a bad time to can him because their next game after that is Coastal Carolina. I I don't think it matters. But, he's not beating Coastal. And then South Al, Louisiana, App State, Georgia State. God, that's I a mean, that's a rough play, last month. If they, yeah, I mean, if they Good play like God. they did against UL Monroe, they won't win any of those games. None, not even South Alabama. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not even beating South Alabama. I mean, Yikes. think about this: UL Monroe. We had a hard time do, when we were doing the team previews finding a second win on their schedule, and they just beat Troy by double digits. Yeah, I know. So. Where, like, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Like I said, Chip Lindsay's seat is parked right next to the devil. It, the it, crazy it's thing it's is, that hot right now. And the crazy thing is, he wasn't the first Sunbelt coach fired. How think many How that. many Sunbelt coaches do you think are going to get fired this year? So I've already had one. I think Lindsay's you're, you're, the other you're one. Thinking, you're thinking two. Spavadol? I mean, I, that would be do you do, do you give him another year? I don't know what the expectations for Texas State are. I don't know what they. they I don't know they what are, they, they are. They are a dumpster fire. Right, but I don't know what the. Fa- I don't know if the. I don't think the fan base is pounding on the door demanding right. better. You know what I mean? Like right. if they're just like, okay, let him let him do. Yeah, I, I, I think the do. I think the fan base is in a give it time kind of mentality. Uh, well, then it, then it's Lindsay's the other one because Troy has gone from. I mean, they were contending with App. Yeah, every year App was like on the top. The, of the, the App State Troy, year. the App State Troy game was the Sun Belt game of the year. Yeah, that Nick that Brown, game was going to yeah. win the East. Yeah, and now they are bottom dwellers, bottom of the East with us. Yeah, they're bottom dwellers. So yeah, all right. Well, let's get into Week Five now. Five games on the schedule. Um, I will. We will talk in accordance of kickoff time. Uh, numero uno at one o'clock central from Atlanta, Georgia State, App State. App State is a ten point favorite <coughs> over the Panthers. I love from a betting perspective app laying ten. I just think See, that that's, I'm, I'm taking the Panthers plus ten. I can't think. I I think they're going to be so and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll tell you. You see, I, I think the exact opposite. I think they're going to be so motivated after that after that Auburn game. I think I think they're, they're, they're going to come out ready to knock some heads. I think they're just going to be so deflated, and I could see that. So, I could see be that so deflated after being, especially the way they lost too. On top of it, yeah, you know, what I, I, mean? I like, could see that. If, I, I still they, think if they had played a well, hard fought game and just come up short, that would be one thing. But getting screwed really can take the wind out of your sails out of a game. So, and I think, I mean, I don't think I'm, I'm saying anything that you wouldn't agree with, but I think Chase Bryce is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. For sure. So how For are sure. they going to contend with that? Because he, he's not Bo, like Bo Nix right. has trouble completing 50% of his passes. Chase Bryce is that, that guy. That. I, I remember two years ago, oh, Bo Nix is the next big thing. Look for him to win the Heisman. Not really. 
I feel the same way about oh, him really? as I do do uh, Graham Mertz. Yeah. Yeah. I was hearing Mertz for Heisman at what you ready? Wisconsin like last year. You ready for this one? Conway, South Carolina, one thirty kickoff. ULM Coastal minus thirty four and a half in favor of the Chanticleers. You ready for a hot take? ULM covers. Give me the Hawks. Give me the Hawks. Now, granted, See, I, granted, ULM is going to lose by thirty. Yeah, but they're going to cover. I think Coastal is going to do exactly what they did last week. Oh no! You think yeah. ULM is as bad as UMass? I don't really know what ULM is. At this I would point. I would love to see ULM and UMass go at it. Yeah. Well, the 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 toilet bowl game of the year is this weekend between UConn and Vanderbilt. So oh, why, I'm so see. I'm so glad you brought that up. A group text that I am in is literally talking about that game as we speak. Oh, really? 50-yard line ticket. $6. $4. Yeah, I tweeted earlier. 4 bucks. I said, I said, I'm in between buying a Taco Bell big box or going to a college football game. How, how far are you from Nashville? Uh, it's within driving distance for sure. I think it's like a three hour drive. Oh, dude, I'd be, I'd be going sit at the fifty. <laughs> I would, and it's a night game. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd be going sit at I the fifty yard line. Gonna, I would say people are going to be hyped, but there's just not going to be a soul there. It would just be me Oof. and the players. UConn and Vanderbilt. Oh, good God. Um, but I think that this is going to be like a real beatdown. I, I, I think Coastal's kind of just going to like roll ULM. I don't, I don't think it's. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I just, I think ULM is going to be very pumped coming out of last week's win, and then they're just going to run into like get a brick deflated, wall. right? Yeah, this is like when uh, in Looney Tunes, like the oh, uh, the they'll paint the the train yeah, tunnel, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and then, and then just the run into the wall on the tracks. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what that's what I think is going to oh, happen man. to ULM. Monroe. Which, by the way, you brought up Looney Tunes, so I have to make this comment: the new Space Jam movie. Not as bad as many people thought. I didn't watch it. Now I have no, I have no interest. Oh, in it. dude, you, you need to, you need to. Um, I, I just have no. It, it like, doesn't, it doesn't touch the original. Okay, but take take the old one and pair it with twenty twenty one technology. It's pretty solid. Okay, it's pretty uh, solid. So, so you've got ULM covering in this one. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Okay, so. Let me let me ask you this: If you think they cover the over unders fifty seven, do you think this game hit goes over then? Yeah, because they're not going to play a ten seven. You know, well, right, right, right. No, like, um, gonna score yeah, no, they they go over. Uh, I, I see something like fifty six fourteen. Yeah. Well, no, hold on. <laughs> That's a forty two point game. <laughs> yeah, no, hold on. Maybe not. Maybe not that far fetched. Fifty six twenty eight. Forty two twenty four. 42-20, yeah, that could work. That could work. I don't see ULM scoring 24 against Coastal, though. Who well, knows? they're not going to they're not gonna hold Coastal under 35. No, so. I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. Troy, South Carolina, 230 on the SEC network from Columbia. South Carolina, a six-and-a-half point favorite. This, get, this line, I looked at it earlier today, is actually moving in Troy's favor. Yeah. Earlier today, South Carolina was a seven-point favorite. Now they're is only six and a half. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10 foot pole. Nope. To be totally honest with sure you. Sure wouldn't. Uh, because you've got Troy, who is the Troy of the Sun Belt. And, and, and I'm not Carolina. I'm not touching the next one either. No. And you've got South Carolina, who's the Troy of the SEC. Yeah. So. That's, that's very true. Oh, no, thank you. The, the only thing I'll say is maybe the over-under is so low. Maybe this team, they play 24-21 as a final. And they, because the over-under is 43 yeah. and a half. Yeah, I, I take that. So maybe twenty four twenty one. I think yeah. I think you just that. take the over and you cross your fingers and just hope right. that each team hits twenty hits three touchdowns. Hope, hope that this game doesn't end up on Sports Center late night with Scott Van Pelt talking bad Carolina, beats. I think South Carolina wins, but I think it's relatively close. I don't think they're going to blow Troy out. Arkansas State Georgia Southern battle of one and threes, three o'clock ESPN Plus from Paulson. The Eagles taking that three-point home field advantage minus two. Yeah. Uh, Again, like I you wouldn't said, be sh- I, I'm not I touching would, this game. I wouldn't be shocked to see this one go over. Neither of these teams play a lick of defense. Six Troy, six, yeah. Yeah. Troy uh, is allowing 203 rushing yards per game to so, opponents. So so what are you, what are you thinking, 42-35? I wrote in my preview earlier 3835 Georgia 3835 yeah I could see that So definitely going to um, be high scoring Yeah cuz I don't uh, neither cuz like neither team wrote, can play defense If you want me to quote what I wrote earlier um Troy or not Troy Arkansas State has the worst defense in the FBS I said that to open to like early in the show Georgia Southern secondary acts like the forward pass should be illegal um so you got the the incredibly stoppable force meets the easily moved object in this one. <laughs> Give me oh I, I think both teams I think both teams are just gonna go up and down the field, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I mean I, you, you said thirty eight thirty five. I agree I just with that. Say, I, I wrote this as well. If Doug Roos, the offensive coordinator for Southern, wants to do this RPO crap. Do not let Justin Tomlin throw 24 times in a game. You need to let Cam like Ransom. he did last week. Exactly. Exactly. You need to let last Cam Ransom throw. Last week they threw 24 times and only ran like a handful of option plays, but they kept the option QB in the game. Right. So, like. I was about to ask you, did, did Ransom play at all? No. No. Tomlin played like every snap. I was about to say, I was, I was waiting to see Cam Ransom and. I mean, there there was a couple of drives I that I there was a couple of drives that I had missed because I was in and out, but yeah, there was. There was am, a, I'm hoping the interim just plays. He goes to the OC Bruce and goes, "What quarterback do you want?" Because right. I don't care. Because I ain't gonna and be you, here. And you think year. and you think Bruce is going Cam Ransom? I think with the play calling we saw against Louisiana, if they want to win this game, they will put Ransom in the game because right. Arkansas State also can't stop the pass at all. So this is I think this is the game where you get hit, let him get his feet wet, right? Right. It's the cushiest matchup you're gonna see all year. For sure. So like why not? Like neither of these teams are playing for anything. Georgia Southern, like I said, is a ghost ship. Like they're just like floating in the Atlantic, just waiting on someone to like come get them. And it's like 
just let the young guy go out there. If you want to run this RPO, sling it all over the field, do all this other crazy stuff, just run it, run that with the guy that can throw the football, but stop putting the guy that can't throw in and forcing him to throw 24 times in a game. Right, right. And last game of the week for the Sunbelt Sunbelt primetime matchup from Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile. The Cajuns 3-1 and one against South Al 3-0. and oh. The Cajuns minus 12 and a half. How do you feel about that? I don't like it. If I, if, 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 if I was if I was a betting man, give me South and the over. I I was thinking South too, to be totally honest. Yeah. I, I it'll I it'll be so. it'll be a closer game. It'll it'll be a one touchdown game. It will. I don't think. I mean, South Alabama. I'm I'm looking at their schedule now. They haven't really played anybody. Um, Southern Miss, Bowling Green, Alcorn State, Jake Bentley, Kane Womack. I mean, dude, Jalen Tolbert. South House, he he's going to be the most dangerous player on the entire field. Yeah. Um. Their their defensive coordinator Corey Batoon. I mean, he's been at Ole Miss, FAU. He was the Liberty's secondary coach for four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Kane Kane Womack was the last for the last two years was the DC at Indiana. Look what they did yeah. the last two seasons. Yeah. No, dude. I'm telling you right now, South Alabama is on the come up, and it might start. Saturday night. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think South covers the 12 and a half. I, I think they're a better team than the team that you just played last week in yep. Georgia Southern. So I think, I, I think, I think Louisiana be, wins. I but, think it's going to be like a three or four, point but Louisiana, point. Louisiana doesn't cover. Cause they're not going to come out with that mindset that I mentioned for Georgia Southern, where like they just get close enough and then just right. kind of are like, all right, well, we're taking our foot off the gas. We're, we're good here. It's like, no, they're going to try to win that game. Mm-hmm. And they're not even if they screw up and like throw a late interception. So be it. Dude, South just going to South defense like sit back. South defense has only given up 16 points a game. Well, again, uh, they haven't played anybody still though. 16 yeah. points a game. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, I think the team that scored the most on them was Alcorn State. Yes, yeah, I, think, this I year. think you're right. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Jaguars plus 12 and a half as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that you guys ultimately win this game. Um, if you don't, I don't think there's a long-term concern about winning the West, but I think there's just, like, internal concern about oh, for sure. the team at this point. For sure. Uh, no question about it. Brian, before we go, man, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so uh, we are recording this on Thursday night. Uh, my uh, preview comes out Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern for the Arkansas State-Georgia Southern game, even though I, I already read some portions of it on here. Um, but you can find it on Twitter at Watch the Stone. Uh, my preview of the Louisiana-South Alabama game, will come out tomorrow as well. You can find that on social media at Miguez Matt, both M's capitalized. And we'll be back next week to break down the matchups in week five and then talk some big week six games. The big one being Thursday, October 7th between the Chanticleers and the Red Wolves. This has been another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Podcast.